What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mixed Tag. It is your boy, the Wrestling Encyclopedia. I don't know if I can even call myself that after the one episode where I bombed my trivia. That's fine. Three-time leg Indian leg wrestling champion. That's what I am. Um, you know, and I've been called out on that too. So, am I even? Am I a man? Yeah. Or am I? I don't know. What am I anymore? <laughs> I, I do know what you are, and you are Cam Manning joining us again. Um, what did we call you one time? The herpes. The what? <laughs> herpes of mixed Oh, tag. yeah, the herpes of mixed tag. So That might be my favorite one. Kids, go ask your parents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Google it. But it's, Dare you. It is good. It's good to have you, man. Yeah. It's um, good to be here. Google it and go to images. Uh, <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> oh, we have once again started a show off horribly. Yeah. Um, this is because Jared is on vacation. It's his fault. I, I don't know where he gets off going on vacation. I I did not approve that. Nope. Uh, that was not run through HR. And uh, I have a real beef with that issue. That I'll deal with that later. You guys but, are trying to run a conglomerate over there and he just takes off on you. We're, we're corporate AF, brother. Seriously. Um, but it's good to have you. And we have to talk this week about one topic and one topic only because it was a crazy week. Um, I think this is unprecedented, but it was a, a shocking uh, cut mm. situation with the WWE. Um, some big names released that nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. And so we had Braun Strowman, which was absolutely devastating the in terms of the news yeah uh alistair black we had lana we had murphy ruby riot and santana garrett mm-hmm. um i'm gonna go ahead and, and show some ignorance uh is the murphy buddy murphy yeah oh crap okay uh <laughs> so that, that's Wrestling, even worse wrestling's best kept secret yeah that's even worse okay so we have to go through this. We have to talk about this because, um, and of course, you know, as the tag gang knows, we have the the legendary, vaunted, mythical chat that we talk about. That they're, you know, they're, and and it is, it is all those things and more. <laughs> you you interrupted Jared's vacation. <laughs> I do. To, and just said, "Wait for it, Jared. Yeah. Wait for it." In my defense, and I had, no- I didn't know he was on vacation. <laughs> You had no idea. I did not. Um, and just held the bait. And of course, I'm the idiot. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. You know, I don't know. There's so many noises and it's dark and scary. The internet. So that was me. And then Jared gets on and then everything gets revealed. Braun Strowman. Yeah. What? Yeah, this one, this one, this one is the craziest of the releases. Like I know people we do this thing where we like to over-exaggerate a lot of the releases that WWE has, where when you look at probably their last two to three bunches of releases, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, you know, Miro gets let go, all those guys get let go in the last like two or three cuts. And it's like, it hurts, you know? But I feel like this was... This was the one that was deserving of the uproar that the other past two got. You know what I mean? I think those were just, uh, those were tune-ups. We were testing the microphones, making sure the instruments were playing at a correct level. 
before we actually started the concert. And this was the concert. So this was a, a huge one. Um, there's speculation abound since this stuff came out. Um, I, you hear that WWE could be releasing all these people because they're setting up to sell. I think that's very interesting. There are other people that were talking about um, a, a lot of the contracts that were expiring last year when AEW was going to go full time. Those those superstars got an inflated contract to make sure that they didn't go to AEW, right? Like Lana was making four hundred grand a year. Now, I don't know the the market deems Lana worth four hundred grand, right? So we have to go with what the market is going to give us. That's what we're going to look at. Maybe WWE no longer saw Lana as a four hundred thousand dollar a year person. Who knows? Uh, I think Braun was somewhere in the two million range. Um. As far as his contract goes, that's just base. That probably doesn't even include, you know, anything else that he may be able to get. Uh, the one that stood out the most, I mean, Braun's the easy one, right? Like that's the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. one. The one that stood out the most to me was Santana Garrett because she never really got a lick. You know what I mean? Like she never really got her her cuts at the plate to figure out if she was if she was worth keeping or not. That one was very interesting to me because she is by most people considered like a top tier maybe she's like a top 20 women's wrestler in the world right like a lot of people consider her to be upper echelon and so when she went into nxt i was like that's dope the first not the first time but one of the few times i got to see santana garrett wrestle live a lot and the biggest one that i saw was her and Mia Yim co-mained the first mlw back a couple years ago in orlando when they you know, arose from the ashes uh, as MLW. Uh, I got to see her versus Mia Yim, which was the co-main to uh, uh, Swerve versus Ricochet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love Santana. I think she was awesome. And so that one really was the biggest shock to me. I think Ruby Riot definitely has a bone to pick. Um, Buddy, I think, could have been used a lot better. Braun, there's I there's questions with Braun, right? Like if we're gonna get technical, okay, if we're gonna go into the weeds on this one, we have to go into the weeds. Could Braun hold it by himself? Or could Braun only hold it when he was standing next to Roman or Brock? I don't know one way or the other, but that's a question we gotta ask if we're gonna go into the weeds with all these releases. If you're asking me, like he was cool. But I never was like, I have to see Braun Strowman tonight. Mm. I'm just being super honest. I was never totally pumped on him. I was never totally so. He wasn't compelling as a character to me in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, you know, he did some cool stuff like, you know, like the feats of strength, you know, with the lifting up the ambulance and all that kind of stuff. And very cool. But he always, he needed somebody with him. You're very, you're very correct on that. He needed some sort of a foil. Um, I also don't like right now, people are giving Bobby Lashley a hard time with his title reign, saying that he can't draw. Um, and that's a whole other, another side note for another time. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this was, this was just a, this was a lot. And people got, like you said, people got angry. Um, you know, they got upset with Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder. But I looked at that 
think about this, right? If you go back to like 92, 93, whatever, when Monday Night Raw is going on and Macho Man's an announcer. Yeah. If if this was the corporate structure today, Macho Man was a year or two from getting his release mm. and getting it not on his own accord. Eventually, they just get rid of guys who have been around too long, you know. Mm-hmm. And th- that was that was a Matt Ryder. That was a, um, sorry, <laughs> Matt Cardona, Zach Ryder. That was that was him. You know, he wasn't being used very well. And th- I found out they have three hundred people on their roster. Yeah, overall. So if you're b- paying people to sit around, it makes sense to have way more cuts than they did. But they ju- you, you nailed it. They just cut big names, big contracts. Mm. So what is what's the end game? Let's go ahead and talk real quick about the idea of a sale. Because in my mind, you know, they just had a couple billion dollar transactions happen where they you know they they made deals. Is cutting Braun Strowman's one or two million dollar deal really going to increase what your profit margin looks like? Well, and that's that's a really good question, right? Because you look at it from the business sense. And again, I go back to this. There are I won't defend WWE on a lot of things that they do on the business side, but if we're just looking at a big picture, it doesn't fill in WWE with Amazon, with Walmart, with Google, whatever you want to. Billion dollar companies don't become billion dollar companies without being able to figure out where they can effectively profit the most. And then if there's money they don't need to be spending, they stop spending it. Right. Or companies don't do billion dollar acquisitions and then give away a billion dollars. They do a billion dollar acquisition and then they set up for a billion dollar acquisition, right? Like, these are how big companies, billion-dollar companies work. So when people argue against that, I, I just I don't have time to have that conversation because they just didn't sit through economics long enough in school. <laughs> um, but but to to your point about Braun, that's very interesting because you look at this. If if it's sports entertainment, right? So there are times you have to look at it like it's entertainment. There's times you have to look at it like it's sports. So let's look at the sports world. When an ownership group wants to sell a team, the goal is to make the team look as sexy as possible to potential buyers. There's a line, though. The line that I might want as a potential buyer is, I want a cheap, I want a cheap contract. I want, I want a small team as far as monetarily, right? I want cheaper contracts. I want cheaper deals. I want shorter deals. I want deals that if I buy into this, to this sport, this sporting team, I can start making moves, right? I don't want to take on, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars that I consider dead or that, you know, we call them dead cap, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's one way to look at it. Another way you might look at it as a buyer is you want, you want names that are going to attract crowds because that is also how a sporting team is, is, is ranked based on their, you know, their ability to turn a profit. How many people can you attract into the building to purchase a ticket and watch your team play? So the other side of it is, is Braun an attractive name? If you're the WWE, common sense would tell us yes, right? Even if we don't think that Braun is a guy that can totally carry the company and be the number one guy day in and day out, like whatever, Braun is a draw. I feel like that's pretty common sense. 
it seems to me, if we're going to look at it from a sporting side, WWE is going the route of let's keep the guys we we know we need, right? In order to sell and everybody else, we're just going to work as dead cap and we're going to get out from under a few, a handful of these multi-million dollar contracts and we're going to look a lot more appealing to these buyers that are starting to walk in and ask us how much we're selling for. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great point. And I think the analogy to sports is important because, you know, if you look at the the Washington football team model of yesteryear, it was give these gigantic contracts to any free agent who walks, you know, walks in front of you, uh, whether or not they're going to be any help to the team. And it showed years and years of futility. Now they're building through the draft. They're picking up pieces that fit the team and they're being a lot smarter. And as a result are kind of back to being a playoff contender. So that makes sense. I I can get what you're seeing there because you also have guys that you can call up from NXT who are going to be much cheaper. So you can replace a Braun Strowman in theory with a carry and cross, um, you know, other big names, you know, riddle, um, different size, but you know, came up from NXT and you push him. And so you do, you, you have to have somebody step back. So maybe that is Braun. Yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. It makes a ton of sense. Um, and I didn't do well in economics. I think I got like a C, you know, barely through. I, I, I was, I was there for the beer, man. You know, th- that's, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I can talk, you know, when you're talking sports and caps, I'm all in. Yeah, um, I'm, but that's what it is, right? Like, that's basically what it comes down to. It, you have to look at it that way. And they saw Braun as something that would hinder their ability as cap space, as an, as an, uh, um, as an asset. They saw Braun as a hindrance of an asset. Well, not an asset, a hindrance. And so you you let him go. You don't want to pay somebody like that almost $2 million a year, so you let him walk. Good news for AEW fans. The next big <laughs> AEW pay-per-view is 96 days from now. So when Braun shows up and fights Big Show, you can do it at AEW. It'll be great. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting? You you mentioned Big Show, and uh, I was – oh, wait, wait, wait. We decided, remember – he will never be called Paul White on the show. He is hereby known as Captain Insano. Oh, I didn't. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, Captain, yeah, Insano. Captain Insano. So, but that's that's the guy where it kind of reminded me of Braun Strowman, where they've kind of booked him into a corner, where he has to be dominant, or you know whoever he's going against has to do some really dastardly tactics mm-hmm. to make to make him look. You can't make him look weak with how his character is booked. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a weird dynamic for him as like, where do you go with his character? Um, I agree. I, remember they, they, they were like, I'm being, I'm Braun Strowman. I'm being bullied. <laughs> what was that? I, listen, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, yeah. Like you're six, eight. I, I just want you to destroy somebody. Yeah. Like you're six eight, your nickname should be Big Country. If it's not, uh, just just destroy people. Yeah. And you know, I, the bullying thing. Like we'll give it to Titus. He'll make it a segment. It'll be fine. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't need that from Bro. Yeah, and wasn't a fan. It, and, but that's, that's part of it. It is part, part of it, Cam. But I, you know, I would love to see Braun show up in in New Japan. I, they would Thank love you. him over there. That's where I would rather see him. Um, Dude, Braun in the New Japan Cup? Are you kidding me? And he screams attraction over there because he is the guy that Japanese fans since the seventies and eighties have gravitated to. Right? They love they love their big men. Yes, they love um, Hogan in Japan when he toured over yes. there. They loved Andre when he toured over there. Vader. Oh, all of them. All you of know? them. Brock. When Brock wrestled in, like they loved him over there too. Like, that's it. Take the gigantic American male who shouldn't even genetically be in the same con- conversation as me, which somehow we're the same genetic species, which is insanity, and send him to Japan and let him destroy everybody they love. Yeah. And, and, and they will keep that up. And they mm-hmm. can just hammer the crap out of him. Potato the bejesus out of him. And he will just give it right back. And him and Ishii would be a lovely match. And what's interesting too, you know, we're talking about him not necessarily being the attraction that we want him to be in WWE, but New Japan signed that Roku deal. So he could be the face, you know, uh, the the casual fan face mm-hmm. for Roku. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that make sense here. I don't want to see him in AEW. Um, Jared, if you're wherever you're at, I'm sorry. Uh, but I don't want to see him. It's it's overcrowded enough as it is. I'm not. I'm not sorry. <laughs> you're not. No. Yeah. Uh, how about how you feel about Cody there, uh, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> Cody oh. is my favorite wrestler. Absolutely. Uh, top four Mount Rushmore. Top four um, Mount Rushmore. He is a top four Rhodes. Easily. <laughs> A hundred percent. Oh, that's going to be, that's the title of the episode. Yeah. Uh, and Guaranteed. that's the title of the episode. And we're not even talking about that. Nope. Let's get back to where we're supposed to be. Okay. Um, Alistair Black was a huge, uh, yeah. huge surprise. He was just in a triple threat. Um, you know, he was just in, in the, in the, in the title picture. Correct. Uh, yeah. So pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and and he was you know young up and comer and you know and poised mm. you know you thought he was getting the big push, um, you know I I think that we can all agree that Lana is going to head straight to AEW. It wouldn't make any sense for her to go anywhere else. Um, I, I would imagine, yeah. I think that's the safest bet of of all of them would be Lana to AEW, and eventually we'll get whatever Lana's name is going to be in Miro versus Brandy and Cody. So that, you know, Brandy can hit somebody with a steel arm and Cody can get the pin. There you go. Sorry, did I say that out loud? You did. And it's okay. Um, Real quick, because I want to circle back because we didn't talk about uh, if WWE was having a sale. Oh, yeah. Who are some potential buyers? And let's just go ahead real quick and just take AEW out of the conversation. Tag gang, I can't see that. I really can't. I I don't feel like that's enough. I mean, yes, you know, the Khan family has the, that money, but with the deals they just made and it wouldn't it wouldn't work well for them with TNT. Right? You know, you've got your Turner Sports, you got your Turner Networks. Uh and then you have to purchase this company that's going to be a direct competitor. Uh Peacock. 
Yeah. Yeah. I listen, I enjoy the idea of AEW buying WWE. Don't get me wrong. And now <laughs> our secret conversation may 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 that may read differently, but I would find great hilarity in AEW buying out WWE. So I understand that. Um I think Disney um Disney's got to be up there. Warner Brothers would be hilarious if it was them. Um I think um uh, uh, like an NBC Sports or something. Um somewhere think- in that range like to to buy them out. I don't think ESPN would do it. But it's ESPN, so you kind of never really count them out. They're probably not in, in the, the A tier of people who could buy them, but they, I think they have to be mentioned just because it's ESPN and it's something to do with sports. Well, just remember that is still that Disney umbrella. Exactly. So, so anything is possible. For sure. I think I think an interesting one would be Amazon, though. Uh, you know what? I was just thinking that. Um, you know, they just made a huge purchase with MGM. Um and and NBC, it's funny because you think they just made this deal. Well, it doesn't mean that they can't just buy them out, right? Also, and just say, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and you're going to just integrate into the Peacock lineup because we now own you." Nothing, nothing to say they can't do that. Mm. Um, Amazon's definitely a dark horse. I could. Oh, if I, sorry, go ahead. I just it popped back into my head, but go ahead. If I was Disney, I'd be Disney would be my my front runner. Um, because of all the other things that they own now. And why not grab, you know, for the most part nowadays, a family-friendly sports entertainment company that is the biggest name in sports entertainment? Mm-hmm. Um, Comcast. That's what I was thinking of earlier. Okay. So NBC Universal, Peacock, their parent company is Comcast. Yeah. I think that would be the that would be the easiest transition. Right. Comcast walks in, buys them out, they stay with Peacock. They can stay on TV. They can go streaming. If they go streaming, they can go more towards PG-13 again. They can start kind of making that turn back to you and I's idea of what wrestling should be and whatever that (laughs) heck that means. Um, But Comcast, I think, definitely has to be in the top tier just because of the ease of we already have them in our portfolio. Let's just buy them all the way out and solidify them there. That's that's my front runner, and I think my my second is Disney because Disney is just making all the moves to just grab yeah. property after property, franchise after franchise uh, that makes sense, and it's diverse. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think that I think they have to be up there. I think Amazon has to be up there just as the wild card. I think you need one good wild card in the mix to just kind of keep be people thinking. Um, and also based on the last 12 to 24 months, taking the entire internet and everything by storm, I don't think we can count out Elon Musk. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know, but we just can't count him out based on what he's done in the last 24 months. He's probably going to try and buy wrestling in Dogecoin or Bitcoin. (laughs) He's probably going to get laughed out of the building when he does it, but you know what? You got to give him the opportunity. You know what I mean? This is where we're going to find out that uh, that Bill Gates is a huge wrestling fan, and he purchased it some somehow finding a loophole to to you know to mess with his wife Melinda. You know, it's a swerve. Uh, ex wife, soon to be ex wife. Yeah, 
That would be that would be funny. I hope it's Elon so we can have WrestleMania on Mars in like five years. Come on, baby. I'm just saying, why not? He's doing everything else. You know what I mean? So we're going to have the shuttle ride from hell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's enough out of you, sir. Today's episode is sponsored by Relief Factor. Pain from everyday living, exercise, or just getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. Man, can I relate to this. It interferes with daily activities and can even keep us from spending time with the people we love. If you have everyday pain, it stands to reason that you need something you can feel comfortable with taking every day. That's why doctors invented 100% drug-free relief factor. Now tens of thousands of customers are using relief factor every day to become mostly or completely pain-free. 100% drug-free relief factor features four key ingredients that each work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing processes to determine, respond to pain and inflammation. Now you can try Relief Factor 2. The three-week quick start, retail price of almost $70, is now available to our listeners for just $19.95. That's $19.95. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today with Relief Factor. And on that note, we're going to have one last thing that we're going to talk about here. Enough, Eddie. All over the place. Yep. Uh, Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot. Where is her best? La- where is her best landing spot? I think that's a really hard. It's tough when you look at the women's side because there's just not a lot there, right? So, New Japan. It can't be. They have a sister company, but they don't get nearly the pub. Although I think Ruby would be fantastic in Japan, especially wrestling the guys. I think she'd go in there and square up with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have their 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 sister company for their uh, their women's wrestling. It doesn't get a lot of play, so I don't really know how that works. I don't know the conversion rate for we- American women wrestlers to Japan. And it, we know the male conversion rate. Like we just know that better. So I don't know. I don't know it well enough, so I'm not going to speak on that one. So I have to cancel that out just because I don't know. So you say, okay, well, she should go to AEW. Well, everybody that gets cut by WWE should go to AEW. That's that's why AEW exists. But um, that was just for Jared. That was just for Jared. I don't actually mean that. But you say that she should go to AEW. And I think on the surface, somebody's like, Ruby should go to AEW. And you just kind of go, yeah, she should. And then you think about it and you go, it's getting real crowded over there. Um, But if they have the money and they're willing to put up, they're willing to put it up for her. Great. Take it. I don't care. Um, NWA, not really sure there. I don't think they're pony enough for anybody right now. Um, you know, they sure aren't <laughs> just, uh, anyways, I know your relationship with NWA. So I will, I will respect because I respect you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, um but I here's think my DNA. I think TNA is probably where you impact, whatever they're called. Um, I think impact is probably where you land. I think it's a heavy dose of impact. uh, The forbidden door. So she can show up on AEW. God, that's so stupid. Uh, She can show up on AEW and then a heavy dose of the indie scene. I still think she can be a draw in the indie scene with things like shine with shimmer. I think she can show up anywhere and, and pull money. I like that. I like the idea too. I mean, if you, want to space her out three different ways. NWA still has a working relationship with 
AW. So you, I mean, that's what's crazy. Yeah. Um, you can have her potentially spread out between Impact, AW, and the NWA. Um, I don't know how quite they want to do that. Yes, I think that, you know, this is for you, buddy. This is for you, Jared. Uh, AW, in theory, is the way for her to go. Um, you know, it's the, the logical step. Sure. I don't know, though. I mean, she's <laughs> – no one can question her work rate. No, I, is she good enough to be a top female in any uh, in any wrestling promotion? Yes, mm-hmm. there's there's literally no hesitation from anybody that comprehends wrestling at any level. Uh, she absolutely can be. She just needs a shot at it, and she had a really her post on Instagram was really tough to read. Um, and, you know, she was talking about you know a day ago she got everything kind of pulled out from under her, and after a night of tears, panic attacks, and a box of Oreos. Uh, she was able to come to come back around and kind of starting to, to figure things out. But that is crazy because we talk about this as being the business and making the business decisions. But on the other side of it, there are still people that were getting up yesterday morning at 9 a.m. to go to work, and they were told they no longer have a place to go. Hmm. And that still sucks, right? Yeah. Regardless of what it is, that's still a tough thing to have to deal with. The good news is because of places like AEW, you're welcome, Jared. They are giving wrestlers another place to land, even if it's part time, even if it's 10 events out of the year that they can show up, they know they're going to get paid. There's still there. There are more and more and more places like AEW that are going to come up and are going to give these wrestlers a soft place to land in the midst of the chaos that they have to go through. And that is mm-hmm. awesome. And wrestling is better all of the way around for places like that to start popping up more and more. There's no bad that can come of that. Yeah. And, you know, we we talk about the idea of it's no better time to be a wrestling fan. I also want to say it's no better time to probably be a wrestler, a professional wrestler. Y- your trade can be applied anywhere. <clears throat> uh, it's pretty impressive to say when – you know, she was in MLW and MLW hasn't really created a women's division, but if they do, there's another avenue, you know? So, mm-hmm. and so, and like Santana Garrett, Santana is yeah. going to be in the same boat as Ruby. I uh, think like you and I kind of put Lana in a different category because her husband is at AEW. So if nothing else, she's probably going to be there with him. Uh, but for, for Ruby and Santana, Santana made a great name for herself on the indie scene to get to NXT. Ruby got to NXT, not that she didn't make a good name on the indie scene. That's not what I mean, but she got to NXT and made an even bigger name for herself by getting to the main roster. She's going to come out of this better as well. So they're Mm going to come out with opportunities to be able to get back on full-time, part-time, anytime, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's what we had to remember is it's, you know, these are human beings and some people are atrocious mm-hmm. on social media, but these are all people at the very end of the day who are going to be able to find work. The, you know, their, their professional life is not over, not by a long shot. Yeah. Um, and in, and in, in, in some ways for some of these people, they're probably going to end up making better money elsewhere. Uh, I can't say that for everybody, but some of these folks are going to do better than others in that sense. But at least now they have, they have a lot of freedom. 
there's freedom in these releases. Absolutely. There's freedom in the releases. There's, there's, uh, there's more opportunity. There's more crossover opportunity, you know, which you hear about what WWE and new Japan are trying to concoct. And Tony Khan had a lovely promo about it the other night. It's just super good. Um, Eric, an Eric Bischoffy promo. It, oh, it was, it was, it was an all timer. I tell you that much. That guy really got me fired up. Mount Rushmore talkers. That guy is, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and the thing that sucks is the con on the WWE side is the one that's kind of really being stuck with making these firings and, and doing that, right? Like he's, he's wearing the, the tough, sh- the tough hat right now. And you got to, and again, anybody that's been around a business understands that if there is a fire sale, not a fire sale, but if there's like a, a, a massive firing or letting go, uh, it, it normally, it signifies one of two things. One, the company's going under and it's just not going to be around any much longer, which in the case of WWE is not it. Or two, they are lightening the boat so that somebody is going to come by and purchase the boat from them. And, and that's what I assume it is leading to. Yes. Um, it's just, it's an amazing thought to think that this company that Vincent Mann created would be sold and not passed down to, you know, his son-in-law and his daughter, but never say never. And in the world of business, anything goes. Uh, Listen, that's a whole other topic that we have to dive into is the fact that it is just not even a thought that he's going to hand this company down, which I don't know. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe Comcast is the buyer and Comcast comes in and says, we're going to buy it. We're going to take Triple H and Steph. We're going to put them in these positions. They're going to have controlling power. You know, they, they can work all that stuff out behind closed doors. So you don't mm-hmm. really know. Um, what it's going to look like, but it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's also crazy to think that we are going to live in a world where we are going to see Vince McMahon release WWE to somebody else's hands Mm -hmm. and, and do that. That's insane. And I, I think a lot of people give Vince McMahon a lot of crap. I think he deserves a lot of the crap that he gets but wrestling will look differently without his name attached to it. For it sure. might get better. It probably will progress, but it will be different. And I've had this conversation with hundreds, with hundreds of other people. And if you have to make a Mount Rushmore of wrestling and Vince McMahon isn't on it, you don't understand wrestling. And that's just my, like, whatever. I don't, I don't know any other way to say it. Like, if you're talking about a Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, that's different. Mm-hmm. That's totally different. But if you're talking about a Mount Rushmore of the wrestling universe, Vince McMahon has to be the first face on it because wrestling is nowhere near what it is without him getting involved. Well, and what I was going to say is if we were to, to do this in a visual setting and we could, you know, use the, uh, the, you know, the, the Charlie day, always sunny in Philadelphia (laughs) connect the dots. Um, I sent that gif earlier today. That's so good. If, if anything that you enjoy in pro wrestling from the eighties on. Yeah. Even if you enjoyed the NWA at the time, Crockett promotions was directly affected by Vince McMahon. Anything that you enjoy from the eighties on is in some way affected by Vince McMahon. 
And that's just, that's a total fact. ECW was done as a countercultural statement to Vince McMahon. ECW doesn't exist in several ways without Vince McMahon financially, but also the brainchild because something had to change and we had to get this, you know, different force. WCW doesn't exist (laughs) except for Ted Turner going, Hey Vince, I'm in the wrestling business now. Right. Yeah. I mean, everything still, you know, revolves around him in some way, shape or form. So you're correct on that. Yes. He is the most influential individual ever in wrestling. It, yes. it is, it, it cannot be debated. Mm-hmm. It just can't be. And this is as good a time as ever to, uh, to go ahead and wrap up because we could go all, all day about the ideas of, uh, of Vince not being with us in, in this wrestling world. Also, um, I had a nice little segue episode because, you know, I got, I got back into the show today. I had to kind of, you know, clean up the mess that Jared left on the sheets after he, uh, you know, made sweet, sweet love to AEW last week with his double or nothing preview. So, you know, that's a passionate man. It was just a man. It was a man who was in his comfort zone. He was he was exactly where he needed to be the moment that he cut that episode, and it was tremendous. It was everything a Jared-led podcast should have been. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it was anything less than that, I would have been sad. Yeah. You know, and he 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 set up some hot takes that we'll get eventually, you know, square back around to. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we just let it be. Maybe we just let it sit in the universe. And uh, cause that thing sizzled. Mm. And um you know, it was it was too hot for podcasting. I think um, I I enjoyed a cigarette afterward. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> here we go again. I'm going to go ahead and just stop this show right now because you deserve it. Tag gang, thank you as always for listening. You can check us out. Uh, you know, on the on the Facebooks and the Twitters, and you can also check us out and email us at mixtagshow at gmail And today I was joined by uh, a man who. Let's everybody know that he shoots the sports ish and, uh, you know, and he's got his show, which is why he is the sports guru and is there's nobody better to have on our show to kind of explain things like this business wise, sports wise, Cam Manning. Thank you again. I am for right now just known as Keith White because I feel like I've lost all my titles. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the from, comeback, folks. He's on the comeback trail from Cam Manning. I'm Keith White. No gimmicks needed. This is Mixed Tag, and we are out. Out.